0: Chapter Two of A Girl of High Adventure. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ashley Jane A Girl of High Adventure by L. T. Mead. Chapter Two A Visit to Ireland. It so happened that after his last interview with little Margot, St. Just, the Reverend John Mansfield became subject to a strange uneasiness of conscience. Never before had he attempted to do anything underhand. He was a God-fearing and excellent man and was respected and loved by all his parishioners. Mrs. Mansfield was respected and not loved, but it was impossible to see much of the Reverend John without feeling his sympathy and acknowledging that burning love for all human souls which filled his breast. Nevertheless, the most excellent man was going to act in a deceitful way. He was going to do something, and that something was to be concealed from the wife of his bosom, He had long felt the injustice of keeping little Margot apart from her relations, and when the child pleaded and pleaded as she alone knew how, and even provided means that would secure the necessary cash, he could resist her no longer. Nevertheless, the good man was miserable. His sermons seemed to have lost their power. He walked with a decided stoop and a heavy expression on his face and Mrs. Mansfield wondered if her husband, that most excellent John, was suddenly developing old age. Meanwhile little Margot was in the highest of high spirits. She was more attentive than usual to her aunt. It is quite easy to be good when you are happy, thought little Margot, and she sang with greater spirit than ever when Malachi wore his collar of gold. But when she ventured to allude to the subject to Jacko, he desired her to hush. He spoke with a certain severity, which she had never before noticed on his face. Nevertheless, when he saw a look of distress creep into her brilliant rosy cheeks, he took her on his knee, assured her that all was quite, quite right, that his promise was his promise, only he would rather not speak of it. The Friday so full of events drew on apace. The house was to receive a thorough spring cleaning. Mrs. Mansfield would be absent exactly a fortnight. During that time Margot was to be a very good child and look after her dear, kind uncle, without whose aid she would be nothing but a beggar maid, and Margot promised to do her very best for Uncle Jack her black eyes twinkling as she spoke. Mrs. Mansfield left home early in the morning, and the moment she had gone, Margot danced into her uncle's study. "'Jacko! Jacko!' she cried. "'She's gone! She's gone! Good riddance,' say I. "'Now we are going to begin our fun.' "'You must not talk of your aunt like that,' said Uncle John. "'Are your things packed?' Acushla McCree." To be sure, said Margot. Dear, kind Hannah helped me. She brought an old leather trunk down to my room, and it is chock-full, chock-full, Jacko. I'm taking presents to my three aunts, Nora, Bridget and Eileen, and to my uncles, Fergus and Bruce and Malachi. I'd like well, Jacko, that you gave me money to buy a new pipe for the Desmond and something for Madam as well. I don't know what great Irish ladies like. Do you think a big box of candy would suit her when she can't sleep a night's? I would not buy any more presents if I were you, my pet, said Uncle Jack. Now see here, I have managed everything. It is very wicked for me, but I'm doing it. It is nice to be wicked sometimes, said Margot, with untold fun flashing in her beautiful eyes. No, no, little one. It is wrong to be wicked, and I am deceiving the best of women. I feel it terribly on my conscience. "'Who is the best of women, Jacko, darling?' inquired little Margot. "'There, now, then. I'll tell you if you'll listen to me. It's that aunt of yours, Priscilla Mansfield.' "'Oh!' exclaimed Margot. "'Jacko, your conscience is too tender.' "'It wants some kisses, three kisses on each cheek, three kisses on your forehead, and three on your lips. "'Now you are better, are you not?' "'Yes, I'm better,' replied Uncle Jack. "'But remember, Margot, Astor, "'that you have got to believe me to the very letter.' "'Course,' replied Margot. "'I couldn't do anything else.' "'Well, then, you listen.' You stay at Desmondstown in the county of Kerry for one week and no longer. And during that time, you're on no account to speak against your aunt to the Desmonds. This is Friday. You will get to Desmondstown tomorrow. Tomorrow week, I'll be waiting on the pier to get you off the steamer. Yes, uncle. I'll do everything. Well, child, I have ordered a cab to fetch us to the railway station at eleven o'clock. What's more, I have written to the Desmond to tell him to look out for you. I haven't sold many of your things, my child, but I've got the price of your return ticket all the way to Desmondstown and five shillings over in case you want some trifles on the journey. Only remember that you must not waste your precious money. Waste not, want not. That's an excellent proverb, Margot. Oh, Jacko, you are getting so like Aunt Priscilla. Don't don't say any more i won't michaeline but see have you got a pocket in your little skirt yes to be sure and i sewed up the hole yesterday when auntie priscilla wasn't looking let me feel that it is all nice and tight said the rector He put in his big hand, pronounced the pocket safe enough, and then inserted a tiny purse which he had bought for Margot and into which he put five shillings. "'Here's your purse, Margot child, and here's your money. "'And when I buy your ticket, "'you must be sure to keep the return half safe in your purse "'or you'll never come back to your own poor Jacko again.' "'Oh, won't I?' said Margot. "'I have feet and I can use them.' "'Trot, trot, trot, trot! Look, Jacko!' "'You can't trot on the sea, child.' "'I'll keep everything safe as safe,' repeated Margot. "'I'll do every single thing that you want me to do, "'and you may look out for me tomorrow week on the pier. "'I shall know all about Nora and Bridget and Eileen "'and Fergus and Bruce and Malachi by then. "'Oh, shan't I feel rich, "'and aren't you just the darlingest and best of uncles?' "'Run upstairs now, child, and put on your hat. "'The cab will be round in a moment. "'Margot disappeared.' "'Bless her little heart,' murmured the clergyman. "'I'll just miss her terrible. "'But it stands to reason that she should get to know her own grandparents "'and her own uncles and aunts. "'I suppose I'm doing wrong, but I can't help myself. "'May God forgive a weak old man.' I haven't the righteous courage of my Priscilla. Little Margot was a delightful companion in the cab. She was quite as fascinating in the train, which bore them at last to that part of the coast where a steamer sped daily from Fishguard to rosler The old-fashioned trunk was hoisted on the sho-